Hey guys, welcome to the Inting Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest. Uh, if you don't mind introducing yourself, I know you, but just for the people listening. Uh, well, I am George Yedis. I am the lead reporter for Outcomer. I think most people probably know me um, from doing Valorant reports. So I'm presuming, you know, that's what uh, that's what people are going to recognize me for. So I think I'll, I'll take that as my introduction. So for upcomers, I mean, I've, uh, I've, when I, you started, did you start before or after upcomers when you did journalism? Uh, well, I, so I began, um, freelancing when I was like 18 years old, I, I got into it and I, I just like wrote, um, articles on like medium and stuff where you can like self publish. Um, mm -hmm. and I actually originally began in like call of duty. Um, mm -hmm. and this was like years ago. This is what I was. Well, it's when I was 18 and I'm 21 now. So it's three, three, four years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and I was still at university at the time. Um, and that's how I began. And then I sort of continued by like posting on Reddit. Um, and that's probably like the best way to, to like get feedback. Um, because a lot of people are critical on that, on that website. And um, <laughs> yeah, uh, and they are sort of... Um, no, but it's good though, right? Because it, you know, they tell you like, oh, you know, your grammar's not the best, or yeah, you know, yeah. something along those lines, you know. Um, so, I can understand like why people would sort of prefer not to go down that route, but that's the route that I went down. So, um, yeah, so I've been freelancing for a few years, and then I became full time start of this year. So this is my first full time job, I guess you could call it. Oh, okay. So you're what I follow. You do mostly Valorant news. Do you where did you where like you were assigned that game, or were you like, oh, this game is huge. This game is gonna be big. Can I start? Do you ask for someone who's an upcomers? Can I only report for Valorant? No, no, no. So I mean, in terms of um, in terms of what I was doing, I was originally doing CS:GO reporting. I think that was like my main beat, um, if you will. Um, I also covered League, I covered COD, I covered Fortnite, Overwatch. I covered basically everything um, when I was under this website called .esports. Um, and I think that was when I got my first taste of, of actual reporting, you know, getting information before it's released to the public or, you know, investigating stuff. Excuse me. Um, that's that's sort of what I, um, that's what I learned and that's what I did. And I mm -hmm. sort of wanted to hone that skill, you know, I really enjoyed it. Um, and at the time, so obviously this was like, this was last year, I think, I was sort of mm. coming to the end of my contract with Dot .esports um, and I was looking, you know, what can I do next, right? So Valorant came out and immediately I was hooked, right? I, I actually, I, I sat down and I said to myself, I was, play, I was sort of playing the beta because um, I got invited and I got one of those, I, I, well, I got press access via Dot .esports, but... Um, mm -hmm. I, I was sat down and I said to myself, I'm I'm going to be the reporter for this game. Like, I'm going to be the person that people go to if they want roster news, right? Like, this is this is what I'm going to do. And for a time, uh, I sort of didn't, I didn't keep that mentality. I was I was quite, um, what's the word? Like, I, I was quite saddened and I was quite down with what I was doing. It wasn't what I wanted to do. And I, yeah. you know at the time Nell was right was like releasing all of the big reports and yeah um you know ryan from rushby media he was also reporting some big virus stuff like um dk as well he like leaked um like steel going to 
Ballarat and stuff like that. So, you know, I wasn't in that discussion till I would probably say like February of this year. That was when I, you know, posted my first um, report that actually got me noticed by quite a lot of people. Um, and it was, I, I believe my first report was Yampi going to Team Liquid. Um, yeah. And I, I don't think most people actually realized that I was the one who, who reported that first. Um, so, so that was, you know, that was fun. Um, but I, I was really motivated to actually become a, become a reporter and, um that's what i wanted to do and you know that's where i am today yeah because i know i've noticed every time there's like a breaking news regarding like anything esport like valor related and there's news i see your twitter feed everywhere i'm on yeah. i'm in different discords and then i'm seeing for example like uh when vanity went to c9 i see like different discords oh look what george posted it's still like so i jokingly call you george bomb because you're same thing as uh nba analyst or reporter called uh Woj and they call him Woj Bomb because he knows everything regarding the NBA players. So funny enough, I call you George Bomb because you're the same thing regarding that. Mm -hmm. Because Yeah, I think like people have spun like I think Geddes Grenade is another one I think because it's like my last name and I, I think I prefer that one because it just sounds better. Geddes Grenade, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that sounds cooler, you know. Um but yeah, so I, I mean I I do really appreciate people calling me that, you know. I think I've had some people tell me like, "Oh, you're the you're the you know you're Woj of Valorant, or you're the um like Jacob Wolf of Valorant, whatever." Like, you know, this kind of stuff. Like, it, it really it's really nice and it's really like helpful to hear that people are like actually enjoying the content that I do. So yeah, and you're pretty really funny on Twitter too. You're like hilarious on Twitter as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad people enjoy my <laughs> my shit posts as well. I it's fun. <laughs> Well, so I have a question. So you know a lot of things regarding the insides of what team trades and everything. So yeah. uh, um, a lot of people like wonder, like, how would you able to know that? And how are you able to keep the secrecy from who told you that? Or how are you like know that information? So yeah. what is your reasoning without leaking anything? If that's if you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so so every good journalist would know how to retain a source network. And, and that really is the key. Um, I think what sets me apart from quite a lot of journalists is that I took the time to develop a source network over the, like literally this took me years like to actually get to this point um, where I, I think of it like a, I sort of use this analogy quite quite often I think of it like um, like a like a tree right so if you imagine the stem is you right that's that's what you're trying to do you're trying to grow. You try to get as big as possible so you can reach the most amount of sunlight, right? Now, the branches and the branches that come off the branches, that is your source network. That's going to allow you to get what you want, right? You know, the it's sort of like branches from one to another. And I use this analogy like, oh, it goes from this manager to this player to this coach to this, you know, whatever it may be. Um, that's how my source network like flourishes and does very well. Um, because I don't need to rely on one person providing me with all the information when I could just go to another person and ask them and they'll tell me. So, you know, I, I think that's really important. And also another thing is that pros know that they can trust me. And this wouldn't be possible if if I had just, um, like, posted one or two reports, you know, because people would still consider me untrustworthy. But mm -hmm. I've got to a point in my career where, where if I'm wrong that would 
severely hinder my career like going forward so like if you're and, saying someone got benched but it's actually not true or someone got traded yeah it's not if true. something if something like that did happen um then people would consider me unreliable and then i would uh thereby sort of um lose a branch lose a source um because let's say for example i report a move um let's just say for example i don't know um tens got benched on sentinels for example it's never going to happen but yeah <laughs> let's just say i report uh, let's just say i reported it right and it didn't come true now the people that are friends with tens and quite close with tens could be a few of my sources now those sources are going to look at that and go right well he's done that wrong why would i give him more information kind of thing it's like um, you're doing it for attention or like they think like oh, yeah yeah, not, yeah exactly trustworthy. Um, exactly um but you know pros know how this goes you know they, they've dealt with with journalists their whole life or well, basically the whole professional career um most of them know what i know know what i do they know what dk does or did they know what jacob wolf does they know what all these kind of journalists are um and it's 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 really important and i think it's really important for the scene as well because you know it builds a lot of hype it builds a lot of attention um you know and i think i think that's one good thing about what i do because sometimes i sit here and i think maybe you know if i report this the deal could collapse and i could then be wrong and i could be ruining a play ruining a player's career but uh you know i, I sort of have to be very careful in that sense because i i don't want that to happen i've never wanted that to happen um and so far i, I don't think it has so that's you know that's good that is an issue that is a curious thing i'm asking is so for example you hear a player trade or like someone's going into it like for example i'm just spitballing here tens gets picked up by like cloud nine and then for yeah. like last second you, you report that as a rumor or a leak right mm -hmm. and then for example tens is like you know what never mind so like yeah. how would you be able to retract that and be like hey that it turns out it's actually not going to happen or it's not true yeah well i would need to correct my own reporting before it happens right so I, I would need in that in that instance, I would need to find out. Let's say the report is already out and I've said, okay, uh Tens is going to Cloud9, I've made the report, it's already out there, people people think he's going. If mm -hmm. I if that trade never happens, but I'm told, let's say, by a close source that um the Tens deal is off and he's going back to Sedmos, right? In that instance I would have to make another report saying that that is incorrect and the deal is off you know um and people may call me people may call me untrustworthy because of that because you know this is what this is why it's such a big risk yeah. right because you can't make a report saying someone's going there and then a day later saying saying he's not you know um you know it, it's it's a it's a really big problem so um yeah. we do is... have to be quite careful yeah 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 because the thing is, I, like, at that point, it wouldn't be your fault for the Seekers. It's like something happened. I don't know anything happened where, like, that player says, you know, but I don't want to be part of this team. Maybe they find out something. There's something in the contract that they didn't like. It could happen. Yeah. But a lot of people are just like, it, it, they don't see that kind of uh, side of them journalism where it's like, it's not your fault. It's just you reported what you saw and you double checked and that's what happened. It's just, it's unfortunate timing and unfortunate uh, circumstances that would happen at that yeah well what people like have to realize is that you know um journalists are like human beings we we are inevitably going to make a mistake somehow um you know and and these mistakes are really um 
you know, they could be really big and they could destroy our careers, you know? Mm -hmm. um, there was a journalist that I know who he, well, he was just getting into it. He was, you know, doing quite well for himself, making a few CSGO reports. And then he made one report um, that was completely wrong. And he got clowned by the community. Um, the pros even, like, started saying, oh, this is completely wrong. Why would you report this? Fake news, all these kinds of things. And he quit. And wow. and he, he couldn't he couldn't hack it anymore because of that. And his career was ruined if he wanted to become a journalist. That career would be ruined. So after um, just one wrong mistake or something, one wrong news, your career could just be dropped. Yeah, it's it's really rough. Um, that sounds scary, though. So like it is it is really scary. But the problem is is that um, the the that that's that's the risk you have to take really if if you want to become someone as a journalist, you sort of have to take risks. Um, you know, nobody, if you want to be remembered and you want to be a journalist that makes an impact on the scene, mm -hmm. you know, for the better, you need to take risks and eventually you will need to perhaps get lucky or, well, some people would call it luck. Some other people would call it rigorous reporting. Um, so, you know, it's very important to think about, you know, is this really what I want to do? Because if you want to sit down if you want to be like a news writer and get the news like, oh, you know, Riot Games has released Fracture, for example, or whatever, you want to type that up, go ahead. You know, the world will always need news writers. You know, that's never going to that's never going to end. Mm -hmm. um, but if you want to be someone special, you have to make content that um, you have to make content that one, not a lot of people are making. So there's a demand for it. And two, you have to do something that would make you um, likable and make you, well, you have to do something that would make people care about what you're actually trying to make, right? Because there's no point, um, you know, let's say, for example, Dot Esports and Dexerto, two of the biggest publications, right? Mm -hmm. And let's say Upcomer as well, you know, why not? Let's say all three of them wrote the same article, um, but, you know, obviously didn't. They didn't like copyright each other or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, it was just the same article about the same topic. Let's say they all wrote something on Fracture, for example, the new map. Okay, and when you look at that, all of all of those sites, all three of those sites had a news writer for every single one of those uh, articles. But no one's going to remember those guys because realistically, you're just making content that somebody else has done on another site. So why would they care? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, your your ideas have to be, um, you know, they have to be something new. They have to be something different. And this is why feature writers do quite well and get quite popular. For example, um, Tyler, you know, Fion, I, I'm not sure if, you know, you follow him, but um, he's got like over 100,000 followers on Twitter and, you know, he's a feature writer. So, you know, he doesn't even break new. Well, he, he breaks some news, but he doesn't like do it like i do you know yeah um same with the insu um Yinsu collins who works for works yeah. with riot for valorant and she also does stuff on on upcomer um she does feature pieces um there is a there's a few writers at upcomer that specialize in features i know bonnie for example she does um she does features and uh nick for example again like all of these all of these like people are really good feature writers and if they keep going they will most likely be known you know what i mean 
Yeah, and um, I feel like someone like Yunsin, she's she's already been known around the scene that was like in the esports. Yeah, scene. yeah, Yunsin. Yeah, yeah. She's 100%. been she's been she's been in the esports scene for uh, for a minute now, so mm-hmm. she's already known. But some of course someone who's upcoming and like. No pun intended. Upcoming. Oh, that's and, the point, really, isn't it? So. <laughs> if someone who's uh, coming up and uh, wanted to report the scene, they might not be no, so they have to do something different. For it's the same thing with you. You said, "Oh, I didn't really, I didn't really get the trust, or pros never told me anything until like February because I had to keep trying to break news or trying to get news out." So, mm-hmm. for someone like you, who has a quote-unquote made it, because for you, every time I see a Valorant news, any of those swords when it comes to patches, when it comes to the player notice everyone's always posting your twitter not everyone not anyone else's because yours is mm-hmm. mainly the one that's seen so yeah with that it's like how when someone when someone is always asking you it's like oh can i get a like how would i be able to get as big as you or how would i be able to um how do i but uh to get in your position what would you tell that person that if you were talking to them well i would tell them that you need to make content that people will enjoy that nobody that they can't get anywhere else all right um and it's it's really hard it's a very very hard thing to do um because you have to be creative and you have to be innovative and you have to be unique and all of those things are already very difficult you can spin something perhaps that um has already been overdone <coughs> excuse me sorry um just like i did you know i i spun uh, reporting into valorant you know nobody nobody was doing um North American roster moves like I do them. Nobody does them, sorry, as consistent as I do them. Um, nobody gets them as accurate as I do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This is this is because um, I create content that nobody else does, uh, and I get it before anyone else does. And that's that's sort of you know, that's like that's why people like me, if that makes sense. You know, because yeah. um, there's this sort of <clears throat> there's this uniqueness about me. Um, Whereas other people would just report the news after it happens, you know, but nobody wants to read that because they already know that it's happened. Um, But my idea isn't like, you know, my idea isn't new, you know, journalism and reporting have been around for years, you know, Um, it's been done in CS. It's been done in CS. uh, Mm -hmm. It's been done in CS. Oh, it has been done in CS, Um, but it's been done in like CS. It's been done in league. It's been done in Dota, all of these games, Um, but it wasn't done in Valorant to the extent of what I'm doing it, um, if that makes sense. You're the most consistent Um, reporter out of everyone. Yeah, I I would say at the minute, I would would probably say I'm the most consistent uh, reporter for for North American Valorant news. And North America has the largest scene. Um, You know, it's got the most amount, I believe it has probably got the most amount of players. And the best region, of course. In the Western world, I wouldn't. Uh, I mean, I mean, yeah. we'll see when it comes to Berlin. Uh, all right, I mean, after Berlin, I'll give you that one if Sentinels win. All right, fair enough. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I'm not sure about that. We'll have to wait and see. So, how have you been uh, when it comes to like you were saying you got connect like uh, you got connections and with the players? How have your connect like uh, relationship with them has increased when it comes to reporting? Because I see Vanity usually always commenting and just showing banter on your twitter feed so how have you so like regarding some players how have you guys built connection in that kind of way yeah i mean i i actually don't really speak to anthony that much um i i think people are um i think people assume that i am friends with like everybody in the scene or whatever um but that's not the case at all mm-hmm. um 
if if I told people um, who gave me information, people wouldn't believe me. Like they, they genuinely wouldn't believe me when I said how I got information. Yeah, so you just keep it to yourself at that Excuse point. Excuse me. Yeah, of course. Um, but you know, I, I mean, I've never. I don't think I've ever spoke um, to Vanity about any like yeah. Ross. I think I. I think I probably messaged him saying like, "Oh, good luck on Cloud Nine or something." Um, just like as a joke, and I don't think I don't think you responded to me. So, <laughs> um, like uh, you know, I don't think that uh, that went down very well. But it, he, uh, it's all good. He probably I, was I like, "How the actually, hell?" He probably was like, "How I, the hell does he know already?" <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I remember actually. I, I think I like recorded a clip of his Twitch because when I dropped the the C nine report that he was. Oh, sorry. When I dropped the report that that Vanity was was benched from V one and he was going to C nine, I remember he was streaming at the time. And the look on his face when his chat was like, what the fuck, you're going to C9? What, you're benched? Like, what? It was oh. the most hilarious thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's just... Because <laughs> there's just so many people. And I was actually... Uh, to be fair, I was actually in the chat because I was just watching. Um, and I remember he was, like, looking at the chat and he's like, oh, fuck, Jesus Christ, there we go. And obviously he didn't say anything about it because, you know, he's not allowed to and, and that kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, so... You know, that's always like a fun part of the job. But um, going back to your original question, like, you know, I do banter with some pros. I, I do speak to some pros, but, you know, I'm not on like a, a really deep friendship level with with a lot of them. You know, there's a few I would consider friends and um, maybe a few others that I would actually consider myself quite close with. Um, but most of them, I think, are just sort of, um, you know, I'm just cool with, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. So how has your experience with upcomers? Like, because I know they're very, very new. They because I remember when Valorant really just started going up. I saw you. I saw like Valorant. I saw upcomers was like, "Hey, we're just a new. Uh, we're a journalist group, but like we do things differently." And like I've really been enjoying your content with like you guys talk about league, and like your YouTube content been great. So how has the overall experience been with that been? Mm. So, I mean, upcomers really good. Um, you know, I excuse me. I, I work under. Enthusiast Gaming, they own like Luminosity and, and the Seattle Surge and stuff like that. Um, and they've been nothing but good to me. Um, you know, that's been really fun to work with them. Um, but, you know, I think I think a lot of people forget that like Upcomer used to exist before this Upcomer. Um, not a lot of people actually know that because... Oh, really? It, yeah, it wasn't as popular as what it is now. Um, but the old Upcomer uh, came out in, well, what, 2000... 18, 19-ish? And I actually worked there, I think, oh. for, for for three months or something like that. No, it, was, it wasn't. It was a bit longer than three months. I think it was like four months. And then they got rid of 98% of the staff and laid them all off. And it was... It was wow. Wait, yeah, wait. It, was, it, was, it was really bad. Um, so, yeah, that happened. Um, and then I, 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 it was actually really funny because when that happened, the old CEO... Um, I forgot his name. I can't remember. His name. The old CEO of um, Upcomer, like the old Upcomer, mm -hmm. he supposedly emailed my new Upcomer account, and it it came up in my spam. I was like, you know, what's this? And he was like, oh hi George, I know we haven't spoken for like some years. I see you're now at the new version of Upcomer. Um, can can you add me on WhatsApp? I want to talk. And I was like, oh. okay, right, fine. So I talked to him, um, and I'm like, oh hi, how are you? What's going on? And then he says, yeah, I'm going well. Um, could you do me a favor? And I'm, I'm what, what did you want? And he says to me, he says, 
um, I need you to go to the shops, right, and go to like a supermarket and get some, I think, Google Play like cards or something like that. What? And at this point, I was like, uh, yeah, I know, this is like proper random. And I was like, what is going on here? And as soon as I knew that like this was happening, I was like, what is going on here, right? Um, but then I realized after a bit of digging, that person wasn't actually the CEO of the old upcomer. They were actually just impersonating him. And they That's had what... Yano. They'd been impersonating him the whole time and they'd been using a fake phone number to try and get uh well to try and scam me into buying a bunch of uh Google Play codes to give them. So so that was quite fun. What <laughs> um, the heck? That's so yeah, out no. of the blue. Yeah, that was quite fun. Um So yeah, so, that was quite cool. So uh, after that were you like, wait a minute? Why would he just ask me out of blue? That was the question. Yeah, because I was like, what's going on here? And then I sort of just done a bit of digging. I was like, okay, yeah, this guy isn't actually the old CEO. This is some random person. Did you confront to... him and be like, I know you're not real? And did you just, or you oh, just... no, I just, no, I just blocked him and oh. just went along with it, to be honest. That's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> it's just... insane. Because I know there's a lot of just scammers. So it's pretty, oh, that's, that's so out of the blue. <laughs> what the hell? I know, it's, it's pretty random, huh? Oh. So, regarding the esports scene, I mean, of course there haven't been any LAN events because due to COVID and all, but what is your mm -hmm. what is your goal when it come, when LAN do hopefully come back with audiences as well? So, what is your plan trip? Do you plan on going to a league event, like a Valorant event? Well, I was planning to go to Berlin, um, but unfortunately, like, some circumstances um, just came up and it was, it was pretty rough. Um, but yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be going to Berlin. It's just going to be yeah. me at home doing like remote interviews. But other than that, I'll hopefully um, be going to LCQ and then Champions, which we have a lot more time to prep for, which is which is great. And hopefully, we can find out a bit more about the event before I maybe a bit more than four days before I fly out. Um, so that would be nice. Um, oh, okay. Because but yeah, I know, so I know LCQ is LAN, but there's no audiences. Yeah, so it's in LA. I'm pretty sure. Um, if my memory serves me correct, then I'm not an idiot. Um, but I, I don't believe. No, there is no audience. Um, but I think there probably will be press, um, unless. Uh, well, it depends because I, I think at the minute because there's a lot of cases in the US. Yeah, they sorry, excuse the police car if you can allow that side. No, no, um, no, you're good. They they probably won't allow foreign press to come in, mainly because um just because of COVID and there's just too many cases. Mm -hmm. Um in the US especially and the UK as well. You know? Um But yeah, so my hopes for LAN is that I would say I mean probably by like next year we can actually have events with a crowd um i think crowd is well i think for for an esport to to succeed it needs a community and if a community can't actually be there to see it then i don't think it will flourish uh, do and you I think, think uh i mean if you can say this do you think champions would have an audience i hope so i hope it will i don't know any information about whether it will or not um because i know it got moved it got moved to berlin which is it did get moved to berlin wow. yeah. it because they, made, um, they hyped it up because oh it's gonna be na it's gonna be a big event land right next to riot studios because they're in, based in la 
yeah. big, but then they just like last second, it's like, nope, we're going to Berlin. Same thing with yeah. like, League Worlds is like, oh, we're go- it's going to be in EU as well instead of China just because of cases. Yeah, um, I think I think Riot have tried their best to facilitate um, different regions getting these big tournaments, but EU is really sort of just the hub for like the safest place, if that makes sense, um, mm-hmm. quote unquote, mainly because they don't have really really high rates of infection yeah um well for most countries like iceland and i think um germany for example don't really have the highest um you know they've actually done relatively well i'd say compared to like the uk the us um i know china sort of broke out again so you know it, it is really hard but there is one upside to it because riot <coughs> excuse me because riot does um like have a base of operations in berlin obviously with with like the lec and, and stuff like that so um you know that's always good so i i honestly hope that there will be a crowd for champions i don't yeah. know if there will be but i honestly just hope there will be like, because I, I remember when i used to watch cs and i used to grow up like the audiences were like was half the experience to be honest just having the crowds yeah. and then having just the announcers we already have announcers that's nice and like all that but it just the crowds just bring a different type of energy to it mm-hmm. and it's just because always pros is, because a lot of pros is like yeah uh, i i think uh Ovo, someone from g2 a pro was g2 is like yeah I, I mean these these events like these len events feel like uh like feel like scrims or like you're just normal like event they don't feel like a real big time event because there's no audiences and they hope that it's really they, they bring it back so it's 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 honestly unlucky and it sucks, but I mean, I understand their cases because I know I live in America and I know it's terrible here. But yeah, because I was honestly contemplating, I was thinking about going to Champions. I was going to buy tickets and all that if they were going to have audiences. But then they said that and I'm like, all right, there's like no LAN events. There's no events at all going on in America. Because I know CS, the second COVID hit, all CS went to EU just because NA mm-hmm. was just down to shits. Yeah. So it, it's, it, it's really bad in, in NA, yeah. It's crazy, unfortunate. But I mean, uh, but let's hope there's more for champions. Because like, if if it's gonna happen in Berlin again, and if their cases are better, then I don't see a reason why not. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, I think there would be there would need to be quite a few precautions in place. They would need, you know, proof of double vaccinations. They would need mm-hmm. proof of, um, you know, maybe like contact tracing and other stuff like that. Um, but I think they they obviously want to protect players as well as fans um and staff but if there's like sporting events going on in in germany then i don't see why they can't um yeah, i think it, it's honestly like i think football it's just, being played there now i'm not sure but i know football's being played in the uk and we have insanely high infection rates so i don't see why it wouldn't be in germany um i don't know could don't quote me on that but um yeah i i think it would be really cool I really does. I really do hope it happens because and we do get a crowd. But what's odd for me is because over here there's uh, there's N- there's the NBA, there's American football, there's uh, baseball. They have full crowds. Just all right. Just come here to show us your some because it's weird. Some states here require vaccines, some don't, and they're just like, oh, you could just walk in, just wear a mask and stuff. But it's just odd to me why all that can have events, but I'm just like, we can't have an event th- uh, for esports because. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's odd for me to think about that because like NBA, I don't know if it's because of money reasons. I don't know if just they want to be extra safe. 
it's just odd to me on that kind of sense because I, I it, when I heard like oh uh, all stu- uh, stadiums they're full a uh, full capacity you can do whatever you want with them it's just like okay so we might get some Atlanta events with audiences nope we still have yet to get Atlanta not CS not Dota not League we were supposed to have a League I remember because it's supposed to be in Prudential Center but then because of cases increased and they yeah. had it back so it's just mm-hmm. it I, I don't understand sometimes I feel like Riot's like oh yeah we're gonna have this oh never mind. So mm-hmm. th- I feel like this, it, it sucks for, as a fan, as a fan, like, of these sports and, like, they, someone who wants to go to these events because it's nothing like it because I've been to a basketball game and I don't know if you've been to a football game. Uh, it's just esports event is, is a different uh, environment. It's a different space. Yeah, of course. Different atmosphere. It's, yeah. It's um it's always good to, to have more events with crowds. I, I, I love them. Yeah. And so how big do you think Valorant as an esport would get? Do you think it would be get as big as CS and League and Dota? Or do you think it just fall behind a bit? Because it is a very unique, different kind of game with a blend of uh, different kind of games. And you see other uh, esport, uh, uh, professionals from like, somewhere like from PUBG, someone from like League, some, like I know someone who was a professional League player who moved to Valorant, which is like two completely different games. So, do you think that Valorant would only get bigger as an esports? Like, it might surpass CS in viewership and player base and all that because of how unique and how refreshing it is to the audience. Yeah, I think um, I, I have sort of said this before. I think I said it on like Reddit once, but I think like um, I didn't really like publicize it. I think the death of CS will be CS. I think the game will sort of kill itself. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I do believe that Valorant will eventually overtake CS, whether that takes five years, whether that takes one, whether it takes ten. I think eventually it will happen. Um, because right now, Counter-Strike is is killing itself with the way it's handling um, everything. Um, I think ESIC as an organization has, has handled stuff relatively poorly. Um, I think they could definitely do a better job. Uh, I also think that... Um, most of the reporters that are actually in the game that that care about the scene, um, most of them are, are either have either gone or they're on their way out, you know, and and they just can't do it anymore. Um, and I think when that happens, it'll be a very sad day for the esport, and I think um, it will be it'll be very rough because you know I still love CS. I think I think CS is a great game, but I think it was really really hindered by COVID. Um, it was hit really hard, especially mm-hmm. North America. Yeah, I mean, the scene basically died in that region. Um, you know, you had the majority of, of North American players coming to, to Valorant, um, which is completely understandable. I think the, yeah. the oversaturation that North American CS once was has now become the oversaturation of North American Valorant, if that makes sense. Um, so... I think in terms of North American um, esports, Valorant has one hundred percent superseded uh, Counter Strike already. Um, I would I would definitely argue that that's the case. I think viewership numbers will also only increase. Um, I think Riot have been there. There've been some teething problems, but I think for the most part they've done a good job. Um, I think twenty twenty two will be quite a big um quite a big turning point for the esport in my opinion and i think people will see why um i I can't really say much about it like right now but i think there'll be some massive changes Mm -hmm. um 
whether that will benefit the esport or actually um, be quite harmful to it, I don't know. <clears throat> but I think it's it's a really popular game. Uh, I think it's doing very well. I think viewership wise, it will continue to increase. I just don't want us to end up like Overwatch, where we have all of this cash pumped into this league and nobody's making any money. Um, nobody's making money. Nobody's seeing a return. Everyone's losing losing faith with the developer Blizzard. They're handling the game poorly, and then they have to rely on a sequel um, to actually uh, revitalize the league, right, and try and build profit that way. And COVID obviously also hit that game pretty hard. Yeah. Um, you know, whereas Valorant actually has quite a benefit because it was sort of born in the COVID era. Um, remember, it only came out last year. Yeah, like, so beta came out it's... 2019, and then like the game officially came out 2020. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like it was a, it's, it's a brand new game. You know, it's, it's still got years ahead of its, you know, ahead of it. I think this game will probably go for, probably, I'd say another 10 years until Riot even thinks about making like any sort of sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Um, I honestly think that this game is going in a very positive direction. I think Riot are the best developers when it comes to developing a scene and developing an, uh, a stable esport. They've done it very well with League. I don't think it'll ever, it'll ever overtake League because League is is well, it's too big. what is it like? It's it's too it's far too big. It's been around for so long. Um, you know, it's 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 a MOBA. That's also another contributing factor. People just generally. Um, like watching MOBAs more than they do FPS games. Historically, that's just always been the case. MOBAs are um, like beginner friendly too. Exactly. There's never been a there's never been an FPS game that's overtook a a, a big MOBA. CS um, was close. You know, like League. CS was close. CS, CS was close. I would say in terms of the closest we've ever got, it was CS. Um, but CS will never overtake League ever. Yeah. It never will. Never has. Um, and that's and you know that's not that's not a bad thing. You know, Valorant can still be top two. It can still be top three. Um, and I think it certainly can get to that point if if Riot still continue to do um, what they've been doing. So, so yeah, I, I have... I'm actually quite... Um, what's the word? Like, I'm, I'm quite... Uh, I sort of... I'm quite positive when it comes to all this. I, I have high expectations... Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think they, I think I think the game is a very healthy future ahead of it. To be honest, because when uh, I was looking at this, when I saw that when, for example, when there's a meta change, if for example, remember the light armor frenzy meta, and everyone was like, okay, like this is a terrible meta, we hate this. Like mm-hmm. instantly, next patch, they patch that. I feel yeah. like the connection between the pros and the and the and the casual players and the ranked players to the uh, to the developers have been so strong, and they started off really well because. When when a group amount of people are like this agent is too buffed, uh, this agent is this is like this agent's not doing well. We need the buff. They'll listen. They'll they'll like all right. We'll listen to you guys and we'll see what we can change around it. Like there's a very yeah. fine line of connection. But with what I felt what CS's downfall is, they barely cared about their players in the sense of or their or the content creator scene. They barely like really talked to them about it, and they, that communication was so vague. And I feel like that was the big issue with valve the game itself was fine the mechanics and everything was fine it was just the connection between them and the pro players and them and the content creators yeah and with that said i i say that c uh valve not uh cs 
should do well, it needs to do well for right uh, for Valorant to do better because CS was a dominant FPS shooter for many years, and because it was so dominant, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, where else are you gonna play? You know, it's like we're the best yeah. esports. So if Valve gets that, if, not Valve, Valorant gets that, we don't want Valorant to like be too big where like oh they can't leave and something happens where the game is bad and all that. I don't know if you agree with me on that kind of sense where I feel like CS oh, yeah, yeah. CS I, I needs to be. Yeah, CS needs to do well in order for Valorant to do well. Valorant needs to do well so CS can do well. Um, I mean, I don't know. It, it honestly just depends. I think, I think Riot have built quite a healthy ecosystem without having to rely on CS. I think in terms of like players, yeah, because um, quite a few North American CS pros have have come over and they're the best Valorant players. Um, you know, basically all of Sentinels came from CS. Um, and then you've got, you know, like Envy, most of them came from CS, uh, you know, 100 Thieves also came from CS, you know CS, what I mean? Like uh, most of them. Came from T- CS, most of them as well. Yeah, of course. You know, most of these top teams come from CS. Um, and that's just the, the reality, right? But, um, but honestly, that's just the way we're heading, right? And I think eventually more pros will jump ship and i think they will come to valorant because i think they see it as a healthier opportunity um a healthier career path and you know who knows they might fall out of love with cs um you know i would say this is more for north americans than it is for europeans i would say europeans are um much more inclined to sort of stick with their their game if that makes sense and because and because europe and well the emea region itself is is already the most popular region right um for cs so so yeah i think like in terms of um like viewership i don't think cs will ever really die i think it, it will always be bolstered by uh eu but in terms of na i think it really will switch to to valorant and i think um i think that's like that's really good and i think riot will be relying on that um mm-hmm. But I don't. I don't think both of the games are like mutually exclusive to a point where one needs the other to survive. It, it's more of a um, one has players that the others other one could use kind of thing. Of um, so yeah, I would say that's probably the case if that makes sense. Yeah, I just it's just I feel like without I feel like esports is it shows how much of a community or how much of a like if it's dead or not depending on LAN of course we go back to that because people don't understand like people don't understand how big LAN events are because before COVID LAN events was the reason of why people stuck with esports and stuck with all that is a lot of pro a lot of CS pros I saw were like yeah when CS went to online that I lost the love for the game the only reason I stayed was because of LAN events and that's just one of the reasons as well so yeah and I feel like how Riot is handling land events is I feel like they're doing it really well, where they make it into very a very big reason on why you should care about the online scene. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to online play. Uh, yeah, uh, I just really hope lands come back and COVID is not too crazy here, especially in America. I know, I know yeah. Europe, they're handling it much better, or EMEA, they're handling it much better than America right now, or the NA region. Mm-hmm. So Well, cases are rising everywhere, so... You know, oh yeah, because of the Delta variant, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, well uh that's really it but uh if there's anything you want to plug in before we end the show no no of course i, I think if most people are listening to this they probably follow me or you know know of me so um 
if you do, you know, follow. Uh, if you're coming from me, because I'm probably going to promote this, then go follow Galaxy guys. You know, guys, and you know, as a bit of a legend. So, <laughs> um, not yeah, I'm not a legend though, by the way. That's uh, all good. Other than that, you can you can follow me on Twitter. It's just George, and then uh, C, and then Geb, so G E D at the end. So, um, or just type in George Ellis, whatever. That'll probably work. So, yeah, that's probably all the plugs I've got, man. Alrighty. Uh, by one more question, can I get the Ryan gun, but, uh, gun buddy? By the way, I'm gonna leave. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. If anybody know, if anybody falls on Twitter, you understand why that joke. <laughs> I hate my life. <laughs> Alrighty. Have a good one, guys.